fourteen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two hundred and eighty-five of Forty Going On Fourteen. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I have an image. The year is early nineteen eighties. The person is a young M. Night Shyamalan. The concept is the twist. You think it's going to be about teens or wolves, but it's really about basketball. You know, now that you bring it up, I guess the real curse of lycanthropy is the friends we made along the way. (laughs) That and chubbies. Am I a werewolf? That cuts right to the core. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Am I Shyamalan? Teen Teen wolf. What a twist. So yeah, so this week we are uh, doing Teen Wolf, which should be kind of interesting because the 86 Michael J. Fox version is a kind of weird uh, teen comedy, and the now is... Not. Not, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a it's a music video. Teen, teen uh, supernatural soap opera. What it really yep, looks pretty like, much. Looks like, so. Uh, but yeah, so that's what we are talking about this week. And if you like teen supernatural soap operas, and who doesn't, you might also like the shows of the Podcast Collective. Which I do not. Such as I Am Salt Lake, <laughs> The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, <laughs> Tales from the Hard Side, and of course, The Red Dead Radio Hour. <laughs> Did that tickle your funny one Mike's there, little, Your little comment as he started. <laughs> if you like the shows on the Podcast Collective, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every now and then I think Josh is talking to me, and every other week I come to my senses. Um, yeah. If you're looking at our older stuff, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, we're all over the web, uh, including on Spotify, so you can find us there. And uh, also, uh, leave us a review on either iTunes or podchaser.com and let us know uh, what you think about the show. If you want to call us, uh, 708-NOW-RAP, that's 708-669-9727. Am I going to be depressed if I ask you if we have any voicemails, Josh? Uh, I don't know. I'm not your therapist. <laughs> so that's a negative uh, Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider. Are, are you going to be not depressed if I don't answer? Uh, maybe a little. I don't know. I'm no more than I am. I mean, so I'm going to go with no on this one and just call it that it's about that time. Yes. Yes, it is about that time. What this is happening? In music, movies, and TV. And sports. 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 There we go. Do I need to redo it for you? No, that's good. Okay. We'll, just, we'll right. fix it in post. All right. Right. Fix in post. Ah. All right. So, Pat this week decided to break theme. And instead of yeah. going for release dates of the movies, went for the, I guess, release date of one of the actors. So. <laughs> <laughs> I went for his premiere. Yeah. June 9th, 1961, Michael J. Fox's birthday. The premiere of Michael J. Fox. All right. So music, the number one song in the he land. Came was. out and he's like, "Hey, Doc, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you uh, can't build a baby crib out of a DeLorean." <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to hijack that on you, Joel. <laughs> no, that's fine. It just occurred to me. I just don't know what's happening. <sighs> so the number one song in the land was "Traveling Man" by Ricky Nelson. Love that song. I don't think I know that song. Yeah. I mean, I might if I heard it, but... You do. It's one of those... It's an oh, yeah song. I'm... I don't think I know I'm... that song. Then we play it for you, and you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are I mean, you... it's no Nelson, but, you know. Uh, Ricky knows <laughs> so much better than his offspring. 
<laughs> uh, I, you know. I like Ricky Nelson. I celebrate his entire catalog. Anyway, so born on June 4th, El DeBarge <laughs> was the focal point and primary lead singer of the family group DeBarge. Their biggest hit was Rhythm of the Night, and as a solo artist, he is best known for Who's Johnny from the Short Circuit soundtrack, and for his collaboration with Tone Loke, George Clinton, Faith Evans, and Quincy Jones, among others. DeBarge is a three-time Grammy nominee. That's really kind of a a wide range on the scale of talent there. I mean, one side you've got Quincy Jones, on the other side you've got Tone Loke. And in the middle, you've got El DeBarge right where he belonged. <laughs> he really a three-time Grammy nominee. That's yeah. I, I, I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, good on him. But who's Johnny? He's a, Johnny in a special way. Johnny, he said, "You know <laughs> I love you, Johnny." Oh, we we should stop this. Her pants are blazing for you. <laughs> <laughs> Boy George O'Dowd, British singer-songwriter known mostly for being in Culture Club, was born June 14th in Bexley, Kent, England. Now known for but, turning into, uh, oh shit, what's the uncle, Uncle Fester? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he looks very odd now. He has gone even odder. Well, I mean, he lost all his hair. Yep. And he does like a like a mascara eyebrow across his entire head. What? Yeah. Wait. I'm, it's It's weird, yeah. He has like a black line that thickly runs around his entire head across his eyes. Oh my god, this Mike's picture. Looking I'm looking it up. He actually looks like he's turning into the lead singer from Four Non Blondes. Well, he is a non blonde. True. And he is four. <laughs> what? I have no idea what that means. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. Continue. All right, so born June 6th in Vina del Mar, Chile, Tomas Enrique. Aria Diaz is a Chilean-American musician, best just, known as a lead Joel, vocalist and bassist Just, of just pretend that he's a prescription medication, and you'll knock that out just fine. <laughs> uh, it's Tom Arias who we're talking about. But Araya was employed as a respiratory therapist in the early 1980s and used his earnings to finance Slayer's debut album, Show No Mercy. Much of excuse me, uh, Araya's lyrical content is about serial killers, a subject he finds interesting. He is ranked 58th by Hit Parader on their list of the 100 greatest metal vocalists of all time. Is Hit Parader still around? I don't think so. Jeez, I, I remember that magazine back in the day. Yeah, Tom Araya. He's very beardy now. True. He does look kind of like a dwarf now. <laughs> he looks like he... Him and might. Scott Ian, they both look very dwarf-like. Well, Scott Ian's always had the giant goatee. Uh, and finally... Kimberly Ann Deal was born June 10th. She's an American singer-songwriter musician who first rose to prominence as bassist and co-vocalist in the influential alternative rock band, The Pixies. She later formed her own band, The Breeders, in 1989 and came up with a bass riff that uh, a lot of people have imitated in their bass lessons when they were learning bass. Which is? Yep, I learned it. Not just to sing it, but I actually learned it on the bass. It's mostly Joel imitating the bass line wherever he goes. He never had a bass guitar. He just would sit around. You're going to buy him a guitar? Nah, he's happy. He's good. Just let him play. He thinks he knows what he's doing. I'm not saying he's not happy. He's just weird. He's four. That would be Cannonball by the Breeders. <laughs> All right. Moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land somehow was The Parent Trap. 
It's because it was 1961. Yeah, the original Parent Trap. Yeah. All right. George Simon Kaufman was an American playwright, theater director, producer, humorist, and drama critic. In addition to comedies and political satire, he wrote several musicals for the Marx Brothers and others. He won the Pulitzer Prize for You Can't Take It With You and Of Thee I Sing. He also won a Tony Award as the director for the musical Guys and Dolls. He died on June 5th. He was absorbed. Oh, he did um, grand fashion. The Man Who Came to Dinner. He did a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, that, oh, that's one of my favorite movies. Yep. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hilarious. It, um, it, it's kind of funny because it's about a, a, a public speaker who comes to a guy's house to stay the night, slips and falls down the steps, and then threatens to sue him because of the ice on the, uh, ice on the, on the sidewalk. And he winds up living in his house. And he also did the front page. Oh. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, it was a revival of it. Oh, you're talking about the movie oh. or yeah, no, His no. Girl Friday? Uh, yeah, it's probably uh, yeah the Ben the Coffin version is probably because I know His Girl Friday is based off the front page, but it's I think it leans more towards the Coffin version because it's a little happier. I was getting what you were talking about, Mike, confused with Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and I was like, I don't think that's a comedy, dude. <laughs> that's why I was confused. Yeah. Well, the remake was. Oh my God, that's. I was legit confused. Like. Way to take a an amazing social, you know, cultural movement movie and turn it into a bad comedy. <laughs> I can't wait for the for the remake of Schindler's List. That's going to be a romantic comedy. Schindler's Kissed. <laughs> Starring David Schwimmer and Drew Barrymore. Stop talking. They're going to hear this and do it. <laughs> Because somebody uh, out there is going, my God, that's genius. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, providing the inspiration for the twee, Michael J. Fox was born on June 9th. <laughs> I was just going to end there. He was born. He was born at some point. This is heavy. All right. What? Michael J. Fox? Was he a big baby? Yes, he was a big baby, Joel. That was it. That was a, that, that was a joke I was making. Not the fact that he says this is heavy in all the movies. It, he says that? He's, yeah. He does? Yeah. Here's that word. Why do you keep using that word? Is gravity is problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? See, Patrick, I knew you were a Renaissance man. <laughs> All right, TV. The top shows in the land were very 1961. Gunsmoke, Wagon Train, Have Gun, Will Travel, and The Andy Griffith Show. A lot of gun shows. A lot of Western. We we talked about this before. It's like, it's like there's this whole... Everybody loves Westerns time in the early 60s. Yeah. And, and that's really, honestly, that... Little payoff right there is the main reason I went to 1961. So yay! You like all the shows. Guess. Have gun will travel. No, I'm just saying for the difference. Look how different that top that top four was. Oh that yeah, was completely. Payoff? Yeah, right. Exactly. That's how I feel too. I'm like, oh, that's the payoff. Mm. I would. <laughs> I would really like to see hey. uh, them do a real remake of Gunsmoke. I bet they could do that, and it would actually be good. Probably. Yeah. Get the guys who do. Um, what's that show you watch, Pat? Deadwood. Deadwood. Did you Gunsmoke? But would it be more like 310 to Yuma, or would it be more like um, A Million Ways to Die in the West? I think it would be more like 310 to Yuma. I mean, if they redid it. I mean, the thing is, Gunsmoke wasn't exactly... It, it wasn't... It was dated, but it's not cheesy. So I don't think they could really pull off a comedy on it. So... Mary Kay Bergman, born June 5th, was an American voice actress. In 1989, she began voicing the Disney characters... That's wrong. 1989? Mm-hmm. Really? 
Yeah, Keep reading. I don't know, I'm I don't sorry. know in what, but, you know. Yeah. Voicing the Disney character Snow White. Bergman is widely known for, widely known for her voice work in the earliest seasons of South Park. Oh, and Fairly Odd Parents. She did voice work for over 400 television commercials and voiced over 100 cartoon film and video game characters throughout her career. Jeez. Bergman committed suicide on November 1999. Damn. Just in case you forgot who writes the tweet. Um, <laughs> oh. Aaron Sorkin was born on June 9th. In case you're not familiar with him, his works include plays, A Few Good Men, The Farnsworth Investigation, or Farnsworth Invention, and the acronym of the week, which is TKAM. I'm relatively sure that's Tetanus Kills Amish Men. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> a lot of nails, so yeah, I guess that makes sense. Hey, Isaiah, uh, no. I stepped on a nail again. You were close, you were close. That's uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh-huh. Uh, also, the television series Sports Night, The West Wing, <laughs> Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, The Newsroom, and the films A Few Good Men, The American President, Charlie Wilson's War, Moneyball, and Steve Jobs. For writing The Social Network, he won an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. He also made his feature directorial debut in 2017 with Molly's Game, which he also wrote. I don't uh, remember that movie. I know the name, but I didn't realize. I knew he was a movie guy. I just didn't realize how. I'm in Molly's Game. Yeah, deep it went. Molly's Game is a game about uh, poker. It's about a really high stakes game of poker. And this woman that ran it in Dallas for many, many years based on a true story. Do you know her? Uh, I have met her, but I don't know her. No. Oh, really? So you have actually met her, though? Yeah. That's cool. Six degrees of separation, right there. Yep, we had That's a really big t- we had a really big tournament. You know, we had like like 150 people came for it. There was a thousand dollar buy-in, and she was one of the people that came to play. Cool. How'd she do? Uh, I don't know. She didn't make the money. So. <laughs> she didn't win. Correct. So she went down the river. <coughs> and you're done. Oh. Moving on to sports. <laughs> Peter Glenn Vidmar, born June 3rd, is an American Olympic medal-winning gymnast. At age 18, Peter Vidmar was the youngest member of the bronze medal-winning 1979 World Championship team and the 1980 Olympic team, but he did not compete in 1980 due to the Olympic Committee's boycott of the 1980 Summer Olympics in Moscow. At the 1984 Summer Olympic Games in Los Angeles, he won two golds and a silver. Peter is one of only three athletes inducted into the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame twice. As an individual and as a member of the historic 1984 U.S. men's gymnastics team, he also was the highest-scoring American gymnast in Olympic history. Wow, really? Huh? Yeah. Like apparently for one round or something. Yeah, I didn't really look any further into that because we were already running late. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of him. I mean, I don't Me either. follow Me either. the yeah, Olympics. That's, that's straight out of a Wikipedia. <laughs> so you know, well, you know, it could be a though. big. Could be a big load of bullshit, you know, who knows, but that was Wikipedia. So. He wrote it himself. <laughs> yeah, it's just some 14-year-old kid, like, <laughs> This guy never existed. <laughs> Make sure to tag him just in case so he knows. If if you're 14 and you're writing that as you're, yeah, never mind. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good con for a 14-year-old. Anyway, moving on. On June 8th, the Milwaukee Brewers set a record of four consecutive home runs. The players involved in that were Eddie Matthews, Hank Aaron, Joe Adcock, and Frank Thomas. Hmm. Not that Frank Thomas, just to be clear. Not the ones that you, the one that you guys know. It's the other one. Because he wasn't playing in 1961. He was That's born though, wasn't he? That's my point. He just yeah. wasn't playing around. No, never mind. 
the soundbite. Wow. I was going to say, I'm sure that's some kind of joke that I didn't get right there. You said he wasn't playing in 1961. Never mind. We are on fire <laughs> tonight. <laughs> 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 oh my Jesus! What is happening? Does anybody else smell toast? When I'm the funny one, you know there's a problem. Yeah, hey, well, let's, let's know when there's far. a problem. <laughs> Nobody said that. Let's not get extreme. Moving on. More than <laughs> Kevin Frank Gross was born June 8th. He is a former MLB pitcher who played from 1983 through 1997 for five different teams during his career: the Philadelphia Phillies, Montreal Expos. L.A. Dodgers, Texas Rangers, and the Anaheim Angels. He was selected to the National League All-Star team in 1988. On May 14, 1990, pitching for the Expos in Los Angeles, Gross and Dodgers starter Fernando Valenzuela, also a pitcher, accomplished the rare feat of hitting homers off of each other in the same inning. Huh. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Because I, I don't know if you guys are aware, but like pitchers rarely are very good hitters, and they rarely, even more so, hit home runs. And for two pitchers in the same inning to hit home runs off, off of each other, the odds are just astronomical. I've never heard of that happening before. Because you know they, they planned it. Like, well, they were both like, "Hey, <laughs> you did it too." Because we're but pitchers. Anyway, and, and lastly, in sports, Rodney Terry Rod Latham, born <laughs> June twelfth, is a former New Zealand cricketer. He played four Tests and thirty-three one-day internationals for the New Zealand cricket team and rugby union for Canterbury. He was an all-rounder whose bowling style suited mostly to one-day cricket. Latham played in four test matches, scoring his only century against Zimbabwe at Bulawayo in 1992. <laughs> I mean, whatever. That sounds, that sounds as good as anything else, right? Out. Yeah, I mean, it, it's what he said. <laughs> yeah, fight me if you think that's wrong. <laughs> Latham's son, Tom Latham, has played cricket for New Zealand in all forms of the game. That last sentence concerns me. All well, just, you know, ODIs and tests and international oh, that's, tests. Yeah, and, that's right. You know, blah, Look all at the you doing, doing yeah, ODIs. Right? I know. It's only taken five years for us to figure this. Oh, we got this shit down now. Yeah. We're, we're, practic- we're practically commentators. Yeah. This we, why don't we just change this to a cricket show? Hey, New Zealand, do you want us to commentate on your uh, cricket games? Hire us. We're, Fly we're us we know a person there. Two people. Yeah. We have a place to stay. You won't even have to. three persons a- there. Oh. <gasps> Three. Yeah, I have a buddy that I bartended with who lives out there now. See? We're like your dream come true. Or your worst nightmare. Yes. Take us out, Keyboard Joel. (laughs) (laughs) When I turn the head around, it's like I turn a switch on. (laughs) All right. Teen Wolf. Like I turn the on. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you do this week? Well, we quoted over the top and kept singing the bass line to Cannonball. Teen Wolf, 1986. No, 80, 86? 85. 85. Yeah, 85. Sorry, I didn't put in the tweets, and now you're all lost. I know. I have no idea what's going on anymore. Plus the fact that it's the episode is 285. I'm going to keep saying that. Um, <laughs> so this was one of the first scripts written by Jeff Loeb. Uh, he was one of the team that did the film Valley Girl, which everybody knows is a golden, golden classic. And the uh, studio. Page's first movie. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to make another comedy that would cost almost nothing. <laughs> and they got it. They succeeded. <laughs> uh, the production cost in this movie came up to about $1 million and take very little time to film. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Michael J. Fox accepted the lead role when Meredith Baxter Burney was pregnant on uh, Family Ties. And 
He took a little time off, made this movie, and came back to do the show. It released on the 23rd of 85 and grossed nationally $33 million, but worldwide grossed over 80. Hmm. Wow. Made the money back for sure. I know, right? Uh, this, for some reason, in 86, someone said, let's make a cartoon. There was a, Not for some reason. This was popular. I know, right? I mean, it. it but in retro, okay, we'll get to the... The, we'll get to that. The, yeah, we'll get to the glasses that you put on when you look back at this thing. And uh, also came out in 97 with Teen Wolf 2, starring Jason Bateman as Todd Howard, Scott's cousin, because Michael J. Fox wanted absolutely nothing to do with this. I saw that movie, too. Ooh. Yeah. I they almost w- watched it again. Not in prep for the show. I just saw it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw Yeah, because I, I liked Teen Wolf when I was a young lad. They uh, wanted to do a trilogy to get Alyssa Milano to do Teen Wolf 3, but they said, why don't we just make her a witch and did Teen Witch, which came out in 1989. Angela! Mona! This movie also is dubiously known for the unzipped guy that appears at the very (laughs) end of the film. Yep. I was wondering if you were going to include that. I was going to bring it up if you didn't. Oh, I had to, because I was sitting through the entire movie with, like, I put this on, and within minutes, the entire living room cleared out. Everybody's like, (laughs) Not this time. And I had to call them in for the very end for the guy standing up with his pants undone. And, and <laughs> you could almost hear him in his head go, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> as he pulls his sweater down and tries to cover it up. But they must have ran out of actual film at that point because I guess the editors were like, eh, fuck it, leave it. I just nobody noticed it. You can't. It took, no- it, I mean, it wasn't like everything was in high definition back then. You know, it's just. No, it, you know. Well, it doesn't need to be in high definition. The guy's pants were undone. I think they looked at it and were like, do we really want to go back and reshoot the scene? Yeah, no. yeah exactly. that's what I'm saying. It's like by the time they noticed it, it was too late. They couldn't, you know. That's but I don't know why they extra. didn't just do some kind of like creative editing. And yeah, I don't know. It's an extra 50 bucks. We've already spent a mil. Yeah, <laughs> leave it. All right. So this has been directed by Rod Daniel. And you're going to love this, Pat. Who's known for such classics as K9 and being the, the Jim di- Belushi movie? Yep. And like father, like son, which I've, what is that? That's the Kirk Cameron movie, right? Yeah. Kirk. Ca- mm. Oh, hey, Kirk Cameron and Dudley Moore. It's the, uh, the male version of Freaky Friday. Yeah. Oh. And this is where it gets weird. He was also the director on WKRP in Cincinnati and on Magnum PI. Hmm. So. Interesting resume. I guess his talent was actually in TV, not movies. Well, he did a lot of TV. Are you Most going recently? To, oh, what? I'm, I, I just, I was getting real hostile if you're going to speak badly of either WKRP or Magnum PI. No, no. I love WKRP. I just was looking later on. He just, he passed away. Say you away love Magnum PI. 16. Say you love Magnum uh, PI. But he did Home Alone 4. Say you love Magnum PI. I love Magnum PI. See, love Josh Magnum gets PI. it. You better love Magnum PI. I love W Magnum PI in Cincinnati. Oh, he did some new heart. Pat's okay. at an eight. <laughs> I can buy that. All right. So <laughs> is, I get that joke. This is written by uh, Joseph Loeb, who has written such classics. Uh, oh, written. Sorry. I had I had stuff down as producer. Uh, written TV miniseries such as Batman the Long Halloween, Wolverine vs. Sabretooth. He's, uh, 2000... 11 Teen Wolf. Okay, okay, I thought that was animated. He did one episode of uh, Teen Wolf, but strangely enough, all his stuff has been uh, recently 
all superhero. Heroes, Smallville, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the animated series, Superman versus Batman Apocalypse, and all that. Hmm. It's kind of crazy. Interesting. And the other person uh, involved with this is Matthew Wiseman, who was also the writer, ready, Pat, for Commando. Oh. Yeah. Now Pat's it out. Yeah. He's let up. I have to let team. him go. Gotta love some Commando. So this stars A1, Michael J. Fox, as Scott Howard. His dad, Harold Howard, is played by James Hampton, which I think he, I like the dad. Oh, yeah. He was, he was, he was really good. Um, <clears throat> Susan Ursuti? Susan Ursuti? Ur- Ur- City. Ur- you are City. Ur- City. Anyway, her playing Boof. Which, Boof. We had discussion in the chat about what a Boof was. Great name. I regretted that. I well, I mean, we, we. Admittedly, we do have a friend whose nickname is Biff, which is really not that far. You know, yeah, but fruit. but Biff is short for Elizabeth. Well, maybe Boof is short for Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> kind of walked into that one. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> you keep, I'll keep setting him up. You keep knocking him down. <laughs> That's why he's the talent. <laughs> you well, can anybody, hear the quotes, right? <laughs> if anybody's interested, hop onto Urban Dictionary and look up Boof. Yeah. Then send us an email, voicemail, or something, and let us know. To which, in all, in all honesty, it might be right because those that party was getting kind of wacky. That's true. I mean, she's a freak. Threw a hell of a party. Boof is a freak. Boof is a freak. Or we didn't throw it, but uh, so Jerry like, Levine is Styles. Who, yeah, how do you go from barely being invited and bringing one of several kegs to being the host of everything? That's the thing. Is there was so much inconsistency. I'm not the popular guy. I'm not the, you know, oh, God, nobody hates me. I was just got to get into it with the cool kids. And then you're doing, you're like the game show host of everything screwy going on at the party. And this, it seemed like the town and you also. And you have an assistant who's wearing lingerie. Yeah, who I mean, was that? Maybe, maybe the game was his idea. Oh, I'm, I'm saying it likely was, but I mean, you know how hard it is as the non-popular guy to lead something like that in a group of high schoolers who don't want to talk to you? Like, and how are you going to get people in their underwear and wrestling in, in, in whipped creams as as the guy who's seen as the geeky guy that nobody wants to talk to? Right. Truth. And it also seemed like this town couldn't decide if it was a big town or a small town. But we have we have already – we've kind of already derailed. We need to move right. on. And Let's talk. keep moving. So yeah. uh, anyway, Jerry Levine is Styles, uh, who actually – he was a uh, director of many of the episodes of the new Hawaii Five-0. Huh. Yeah, he, oh. he also did seven episodes of Elementary, the TV series, and uh, Rainer to Raising Hope. Uh, he does a lot of TV uh, TV episode direction, and in, in an interview uh, has also said that while he was visiting the Great Wall in Israel, somebody came up to him and, and recognized him as Styles. That's kind of screwy, but hey, right? it's Styles. How are you going to recognize that? Yeah, I've seen this. This is the third time I've seen this movie, and I don't even know if I would recognize him. I well, him. he was wearing shutter shades and trying to surf on the top of the Great Wall of China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they picked him out in the heartbeat. So, yes. And he was wearing a shirt that said, hey, I'm the guy from Teen Wolf. <laughs> what are you looking at, dick nose? <laughs> <laughs> what was up with that shirt? Oh, uh, one of my favorite parts of the whole movie was <laughs> when he walks in, when Styles walks in, and the dad doesn't even look at him, doesn't turn around. Nice shirt. <laughs> uh, Matt Adler as Lewis. Uh, Matt Adler, you may know him as such classics as Teen Wolf, where he played Lewis. 
uh, the flight. only person concerned there are werewolves in the entire <laughs> I know, town. right? It's, and it, for that reason, he gets no screen time at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, flight of the Navigator, he played the 16-year-old Jeff uh, from that. I wish they could remake that one. That would be fun. And the day after tomorrow, he was truck radio announcer. Oh. Good to see he's guy. doing something no, with that. I don't remember that. Uh, Lori Griffin is Pamela. And you know this is going to be a great career in uh, movies because the picture of her on her IMDb is directly out of Teen Wolf. She's known for Pamela in Teen Wolf and playing Bonnie Reed in Cheerleader Camp. That's like Jennifer oh. Aniston's profile pic is the one from Leprechaun. Are you kidding me? It's not. Oh, I would say no, that would she, be amazing if it was. She'd rather forget that ever happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James McCrell is Mr. Thorne, uh, who was Mr. Thorne in Teen Wolf and also Lou Landers in Gremlins. He was the uh, radio announcer and also played the same character Lou Landers in The Howling. Really? Yes. I didn't know they had crossover like that. Yeah. Uh, which, cool. which brings up the thought that the Howling and Gremlins take place in the same universe. As Teen Wolf. Oh, shit. Don't open that can of worms. Mark Arnold as Mick. I don't know who Mick was. The bas- basketball player on the other team. Oh, okay. Because he, he looks kind of like... Um... You guys suck. Oh, that, that okay. Guy. Yeah, he was in. he's also been in Blade Runner 2049 uh, and a couple other movies. But he, he really looks like um lead singer from Black Flag. Joel. Henry Rollins? Yeah, look at his IMDb page. He kind of looks like he's Henry Rollins' brother. He does now. Yeah, then he didn't. Yeah. But... No, then he didn't. And my personally favorite character of the entire movie, <laughs> Jay Tarses as Coach Flintstock. He was, I thought he was amazing. I laughed more at his stuff than I did at anything else. I agree with that. I mean, he between... Just didn't care. <laughs> everything else is cream cheese. I'm going to start using that phrase every day. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, the second thing, I second uh, person I laughed at most in this one was Mark Holton, who played Chubby. You may know him from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And uh, the guy who stands up in the naked gun says, it's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's awesome. Yeah. And he, strange enough, doubling back, he's in Leprechaun. Um, yep. Yeah. He He's a major character, and he's in the most recent uh, Leprechaun Returns. He comes back. No, good really? Really? Character. Yep. I... I thought Chubby as a character was hilarious. I think Mark Holton is like his facial expressions, like when when he wolfed out and the rest of the team was looking at him in the in the game and they looked. I I laughed at him a lot. Yeah, he's a talented guy. Yeah, he's he can play the physical comedy really well. Uh, Scott Paulin as Kirk Lolly. Who was that? That's how That's much I'm I trying to figure out who was that. Kirk Lolly. No idea. No idea. All right. So anyway. Some trivia, Scott Howard's Michael J. Fox's house was located on the same block as 1955's George McFly's and 1955's Lauren Baines' houses from Back to the Future. Huh. Yeah, so it was all happening on the same block. Michael J. Fox disliked this film so much that he refused to return for the sequel, and in an interview at the time, while Back to the Future was in production, he lamented Steven Spielberg's down the street making great movies and I'm playing a werewolf. Aww. Eh. He was young, so... Yeah, you know. he didn't know what was going on. Well, it was also back when werewolves were not, like, exactly, you know, pop culture. That's true. Werewolves are so 1950s. Uh, <laughs> the entire production of this movie took 21 days. Hmm. Yeah. That's believable. Yeah. And half of the day was just doing the makeup. Yes. That's mm-hmm. also believable. Makeup took, like, five hours to put on. And apparently his dad, the guy who played the dad, is got um, claustrophobia issues. So he would do the scene with the makeup on 
They'd do five hours putting that stuff on him, and he would rip it off his face as soon as the thing as it was done. So, uh, since this movie was released after Back to the Future in Brazil, Teen Wolf received the title Garoto del Futuro, <laughs> the boy from the future, even though the plot has nothing to do with time travel whatsoever. So they're like, hey. <laughs> They it's were like, very confused. Yeah. They just think the future is going to be very hairy. Mm. There's so many werewolves in the future. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a post-apocalyptic werewolf film. The future is all werewolves. So, Pat, I put this in there here for you because it's involving sports, but Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive end Greg White officially changed his name to Styles G. White on December 15th in 2008. The inspiration for the name allegedly came from Jerry <laughs> Levine's character Styles in this movie. What? Come on, that can't be. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm going to go with yes because oh, it sounds That's, that's, that's equal, amazing. That's equally amazing and pathetic at the same time. And Greg somehow. White eats seven spiders every year. Like what the hell, man? That that character is not worth changing your name over. <laughs> We were hoping you could. I mean, change your name that. to Booger if you're going to change your name to something. I, I completely agree with you. In a fight between Styles and Booger, Booger would win. Yep. Ah, uh, Curtis Armstrong. And I'm wearing currently, no joke, a Who Farted T-shirt. <laughs> of course you Josh. are. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> this is the first time I didn't get blamed for it. All right. So anyway, do any of us have a favorite scene from this movie? Or this is well, okay. First off, this is the first viewing for any of us. No. 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 Not at all. I figured that was the case, but I, we always need to ask. Yeah. Um, does anybody have a favorite scene? Hmm. I mean, it, I... Mm. <laughs> How was that bad? Um, <laughs> I, I guess I do. I probably do, but I, I never really thought about it. I mean, uh, huh. Yeah. I, I'm... Looking, looking at this, I'm trying. I was trying to remember. I, I guess when when the dad is at the door after he first changes and he opens the door and the dad's standing there, just like, uh, yeah, I guess we should talk. <laughs> you know, that I like was the party. funny. The you party? like the party? The I whole do game like the thing. Party. Yeah, it was a little bit uh, over the top, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. I to, mean, sure, but I, that's kind of the point. Yeah, it, it's sort of an archetypal sort of thing. It's the sort of thing that you kind of believe is in all '80s movies, but was really just in this one. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't hate it so much that like takes me out of the movie or anything. It was just kind of like, like uh, I wish parties I had been to in high school had been like that. <laughs> I know, right? I don't remember anybody being covered in mayonnaise and handcuffed to somebody else. That was definitely right? whipped cream. He had the can. Yeah, I still uh, don't remember that. Could be mayonnaise uh, if I want it to be mayonnaise. <laughs> Why would you want it to be mayonnaise if you could choose between mayonnaise and whipped cream? I mean, I maybe like he's got peanut is- butter and some bread. <laughs> oh, gross! <laughs> you, know. you just ruined the party. Hey, guys, Josh is making peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches. <laughs> they're, they're over there wrestling, and Josh just sits down Indian style with a jar of peanut butter and some bread and a knife, and he just starts scraping stuff. Ain't no party Ew. like a mayonnaise party. <laughs> I mean, I'm with you on the mayonnaise party, but not with peanut butter. <laughs> I, I derailed my own brain on that one. That was... Yeah, the, the party was kind of crazy. I think Michael, this sounds ridiculous, but Michael J. Fox's scene where I laughed the most was him running down the hallway with the wet floor. That uh, Yeah, okay, that might have been my favorite because that was some great physical comedy. Yeah, and I felt, I, I laughed at it because he was really good about like keeping upright and then 
wiping out at the end. And Michael J. Fox is actually really good at that at the physical comedy side of it. I laughed at it, thought it was funny, and then I got really sad because I'm like, this is probably going to be the most I laugh at this entire movie. Oh, Aww. I thought you meant because he can't do that anymore. Oh, no, he can do that. <laughs> He's falling down all the time. He falls Dude. down a lot now. <laughs> Parkinson's makes me think of Kirby enthusiasm. He laughs at himself. It's okay. Really? Really, Larry? The tiny violin? <laughs> <laughs> Did you you shook that up on purpose? Parkinson's. So my first yes. question that came to my mind watching this uh, this time, because this is the third time I've seen it. I saw it once in the theater and like once uh, when it came on cable at some point in my life. I don't remember when, not important. And then this time. And the first thing that, that I noticed in this this watching was when the kid is blowing the dog whistle in the beginning, why doesn't the father react and notice? Right. Oh. The only th- only excuse I could give that is that he owns a hardware store and he's he's so used to it that he can block it out. So that leads to the second question, if that is the, the, the thing. The second question is, why would you sell dog whistles in your store if you're a werewolf? <laughs> That's a better question, I think. <laughs> that is the unanswered question. But Maybe. I mean, how great would that have been, like, as a storyteller? It's like whatever, like a movie detail. Like in the background, you don't even call attention to it. You just, he just winces a little bit, and then he realizes what it is, and he's like, "Oh yeah," and he doesn't react anymore. That would just be good, like good filmmaking. But of course, they only had like three weeks to do this, so yeah, I know. You're but anyway, expecting so much. Yeah, I didn't really notice that the, the second time after knowing he was aware of it. But this time, I definitely did. I was like, "Wait a minute, he should be noticing that too." But anyway. Okay, plot, whatever. Do we want to discuss the... All right, so Michael J. Fox isn't great at basketball. He's kind of a loser at school. And then one day he apparently has some sort of cyst that expels hair on his chest, um, pulls the hair out, goes home, starts turning into a werewolf. Dad's a werewolf, and some, for some reason or another, the entire town is okay with this. Yeah, Immediately. surprisingly after, okay with it. Yeah, after all of the buildup... They're immediately cool with it. Yeah. Like, oh, wait, he can play basketball? Oh, yeah, that's, not, that's cool then. <laughs> <laughs> they do Teen Wolf except like, Just he... imagine if he still sucked at basketball. They'd have killed him. Yeah. Killed like if he wolf. went up for a dunk and like just fell and sprained his ankle. Uh, well, I guess we got to put him to fire. <laughs> Why did he get better at basketball when he was a wolf? Uh, all Werewolves. wolves play basketball. Yeah, wolves, yeah, wolves are science. notoriously good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously have not seen Air Bud. <laughs> Did he just snort? He, he did. did. If if a if a dog can play on four legs, a werewolf can play on two legs. That's just science, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Full moons like a basketball, you know. I uh, uh, makes sense. Did they ever talk? It's called, about... it's called lycanthropy, not lycanthropy. <laughs> Jesus, I appreciate wow. that. <laughs> <laughs> did did they ever explain what happened to the mom? No. Oh they just wait, kept no, they did. Her. Did no. they? Yes. No. Yes, at the bowling alley. That's okay. Now it's sticking in my head why I'd written that down because I said I wrote something about the mom. Because at the at the bowling alley, uh, doesn't the 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 big bully guy, Mark Arnold, he tells uh Scott that he shot his mom in the head with a shotgun. Yes, he says that. I, I don't know if you believe that's something that really happened, but Yeah, I think he was just basically making a a, a you're a dog joke, you're an animal. I don't like know. I'm a, I'm a hunter and I kill animals, that kind of joke. You think? I don't know. I don't think he was like trying to confess to killing his mother right there. No, that's not the way I took that. Okay. I, get really I mean, dark. I could be wrong, but that's not the I mean, I until you just said that, I didn't that didn't even enter my mind. Yeah, I didn't read it that way either. I read it as him just harassing him. Yeah, just talking shit, trying to rile him up and blah, blah. Uh, yeah. 
like I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. That kind of you eat but more, more specific to the werewolf. Ah, okay. I thought I had a thing, but I, tried, I, looked, <laughs> I looked. I looked for plot and something. I found nothing. I'm I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you were looking for deeper meaning in the in the dialogue of of Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for subplot. I, I don't know where it went wrong, Mike. I mean, it's already nearly Shakespearean in tone, and I know. Trying to dig deeper. You just put more thought into this than they did, I think. I think I think my mistake at the very beginning was just Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so spoilers. I um I did I, I thought this was gonna be okay in retrospect and really it just it I didn't enjoy it. I mean it it, it had a couple moments that were kind of funny. Um you could just kinda of tell that even Michael J. Fox wasn't really into it. You really could. I mean, and it makes sense now because I didn't I didn't know that because I hadn't read the trivia before at any time. But I could just this time watching it as like a grown man. I it just there's so many. You're things. giving yourself a lot of credit there, dude. Well, I mean, you know, physiologically. Okay. You know. Yeah, he's grown. So yeah. I don't know. It just it it definitely is very weak in a lot of ways. It's not really a good comedy. It's not really a good werewolf movie, as Josh pointed out. In you know, in the couch gag, it's a move. It's more about basketball than even being a werewolf. Yeah, that was the weird thing. Is I I, I had forgotten how much this was about basketball. <laughs> and by the way, just um, so you guys know, towels are allowed to be used in a basketball game. They what the hell? Yeah, like you when when you play basketball, it's usually not in a sauna. There, I that was a lot of sweat, and they were like sweating like whores in church. Seriously. It was ridiculous how much they had them sweating. Like I wouldn't play basketball if people sweat that much when you played it because I wouldn't like want to guard somebody like that, that was like literally dripping. Okay, doubling back. So another another thing that I laughed at, uh, Chubby pulling a pick on the other players made me laugh every single time he did it. Where he just crossed his arms and let him run into him. Am I the only? I'm okay. Apparently, I'm the only one that noticed that. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> Say that again. What? Okay, Chubby when he was he was there playing basketball and he. He would try and block somebody from running into the. Uh, he would just stop and cross his arms and let someone from the other team just literally bounce right off of him. Oh yeah, yes, that's I, called, I noticed that. Yeah, that's called setting a screen. Setting a screen. Okay, whatever it is. Yeah, so, you can do that. It's legal. Okay, he, it was pretty damn funny because every time he would do that and he would get that look on his face and he'd be like, "Down," you know. I Chubby was my favorite character out of this whole movie. I liked him. He was. Was it the short shorts that did it? It was the short shorts, man. <laughs> I know, yeah, I, right? I don't love nothing better than a chubby in short shorts. <laughs> good thing for me. Like, good? Tab 48. <laughs> I was just talking about an erection. Okay, yeah. you just made it weird. Yeah, way to ruin it, yeah. Joel. Yeah. I'm just saying. Nothing like a chubby in shorts. All right, so you want to do thumbs up, thumbs down on this one? <laughs> no, we're not no. even at the end of the episode. Oh, we're not? We're not? Oh, um, shit. <laughs> I'm trying to end the show. <laughs> you know, I... I haven't seen this movie in a long time, and I wasn't sure quite what to expect when we decided to do this show. Um, the first thing I noticed was how terrible the music is. Like, it's, oh my it's, god, yeah, what is with the music? Is. It, it was like not good, low budget everything. Like they got the generic version of Howard Jones and Van Halen and the Pesh Mode and it, Amy Grant. Every <laughs> like, single, I, I, I sent that, that to you guys in a message. It seems like they did just enough. Like one song when they started playing the basketball game was just close enough to sounding like Journey, but not enough that they would have to pay rights on it. Yeah, that song was awful. Every song and was awful. The very end song, almost they, it was they, like... They spent the entire music budget on the Beach Boys, and they're like the rest of it, they're like, okay, dude, write some crap. 
Well, I looked at the I looked up the soundtrack in IMDb. The entire soundtrack is only thirty minutes long. Now, you know who the, the kids love in nineteen eighty five? Amy Grant. Do an Amy Grant cover. <laughs> um, the other the other thing about it was, it, not the actual songs itself, but the music. It seemed like they like we need some background music for this. They found a guy with a Casio keyboard that figured out how to do repeat on a chord, and just kept doing the same chord over and over again. It, it was bad. Yeah, the soundtrack was was just the soundtrack and the score were both just really not good. Which punctuated the entire film, in my opinion. I, I'm still trying to figure out why this was so popular. I mean, I guess Michael J. Fox was a big part of it, but even he, like you guys had said, and I agree, didn't seem like he was really into it. What's funny is I have a little bit of a special connection with this movie. Short this shorts. was this You're was the wolf? first film that uh we ever dubbed using two vcrs like my mom got this from the library and we were so excited to see it we put a blank tape in the other one we hooked up the two vcrs and this is the first instance of media piracy in my young life huh mine... starting a trend that still lives today yeah i was gonna say mine was raiders of the lost ark uh see, that was my first vhs cassette ever oh. but it was it was legit oh yeah that one came with our vcr really yep neat so did you regret it after you were done or no i loved this movie as a kid and you know what i mean i'm not going to disagree with any of the bad things you guys have said about it but for some reason and i was trying to keep my mind open like if it's bad it's bad like i was like this movie makes no sense uh the special effects are pretty okay it's not particularly funny but like i enjoyed watching it like it was not a struggle for me to get through and I don't know why. I don't know if it's entirely rose-colored glasses looking towards the past, but like I enjoyed sitting down and sitting through this again. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I was unhappy or anything. I just it wasn't anything like I'm probably never going to watch it again because I was like I remember liking it when I was younger, but now watching it, I'm like, eh. And it's not good, but that doesn't mean I didn't like it. That was exactly my thoughts, Pat. As soon as the credits rolled, I went, I don't ever have to watch this again. I might watch it again. So I think this may be Josh's Zorro the Gay Blade. It could be very well. You know, because I I watch it and I know it's terrible. I know it's a I know it's a ridiculously stupid and awful movie, but I love it and I I can I can understand that Josh. It's not you know you you got a thing for it. At least I don't have a thing for the Gay Blade. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it just seemed like they were trying to do too many things and none of the things they did well. They just, yep, that's absolutely right. Stuck Still a bunch love of stuff it. in, and it just didn't gel, and it wasn't a good comedy, it wasn't a good werewolf movie, it wasn't a good sports movie. And Styles uh, just tries way too hard. It was an entirely like distilled essence of teen high school sports comedy from the 80s. Yeah. Like you remove the werewolf stuff and very mm-hmm. little about the plot changes. No, you're right. Especially the whole scenes of us trying to get a keg of beer. You just yep. turn it into um uh crap, I lost his name all of a sudden. Um, uh, Dr. McDreamy. Who? Patrick, help me out here. Patrick McDreamy. Dempsey. Oh yeah, yeah, Patrick Dempsey, yeah, from Can't put, Buy Me Love. Yeah, what put Patrick him? Dempsey from Can't Buy Me Love into the role of Teen Wolf and remove the werewolf part of it, and it's essentially the same type of movie. Yep. <sighs> Makes so much sense now. I just think somebody like producers and agents got together. And they were like, you know, Michael J. Fox is about to release release this movie. We need to do something before, you know, almost like you know, like Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis. Like, we need to make something before he's too big for us not to do anything with and force him to make a movie. And 
They just wanted to, it was just, it was a cash grab. Mm-hmm. It's it's <sighs> surfing on that Michael J. Fox love. That's brilliant. I didn't even think about that, but that makes a lot of sense. But yet it's it's beloved by so many people. I just because they've got the they, because they've got the Back to the Future blinders on. Yeah, and and it, I mean, it really, it's just it's not bad. It's just not anything special. I mean, yep. it's it's just, it's, just, it's just yeah. People look at it fondly because you know it it was Michael J. Fox at his youngest, you know, right, you know, at the at the time of Back to the Future and all that kind of stuff. But it it's a serviceable movie. There's nothing like horrible about it. It's just there. But yeah, a lot of people look at it fondly because it's Michael J. Fox. It's a movie. It happened, and it spawned a sequel. With a very likable Jason Bateman. Nobody likes Jason Bateman. I love Jason Bateman. I like him now. I even liked him on, um, um, oh my God, what was that show? Uh, the, uh, oh my God, I, j- I almost had it. It's coming. The one that had Sandy Duncan on it, and then she died, and they had to recast it, and he would play the, the oldest oh. son. My mother, the car? No. Uh. Oh my God, I can't I think of it. Um, oh, this is great radio. Yeah. Hey, join a bunch of old guys trying to remember things. <laughs> I typed Jason Bateman and it, it corrected Bateman to basement. Um, <laughs> what? I don't know. My computer's weird. The Hogan family. The Hogan family. Uh, I was never going to come up with that. Yeah, I was I was racing to try and look it up because I was, was I nowhere near my brain. Right. The cast, but I could not pick I, the name. I couldn't get the Kramer family out of my head. And then I they were playing wrong. Them with uh, uh, Valerie Harper replaced yep, her. Yep, 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 yep. And now Jason Bateman's like having an even better career. I don't know. I yeah, mean, he, was he really is. Then, but I mean, he's got what, two hit shows right now that he's on? Ozark and Arrested uh, Development? He's, and he's just, he just Much seems movies. like a really good guy. Every interview I've ever seen him in. And so stuff in. you can almost say if we never got, if we didn't have Teen Wolf, we may have never gotten jason bateman uh, he was already out there at that point don't you think yeah he was already in that the hogan family show yeah and uh he was i mean his sister was an 80s icon true yep. all right is, so you guys oh, ready wow, to take which is a break? probably how he ended up getting cast in teen wolf 2 because michael j fox didn't want it and he said to justine on the set of family ties hey does your brother want this movie yeah that's all, entirely plausible yeah huh interesting so time for a break <laughs> Mike just really has to pee. I do. I have to pee so <laughs> bad. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to say is they don't let you stand when a guy is shooting free throws. They don't let you just stand at the end of the baseline. I was thinking that too. I know nothing about basketball. And even I was like, that looks like bullshit. Yeah, they don't let you do that. that the guy who good. just fouled you five times. Yeah. And and got by the way, out that the guy game. would have been tossed out of several games several different times. I don't and clotheslining somebody. Yeah. And he's just standing there staring him down, and they're going to let that go? Yeah, yeah that was that is not realistic. I mean, they'll let you clothesline somebody once. <laughs> well, the IM refs will, but like actual high school refs, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Shall we? Take a break, come back, talk about Teen Wolf now. Sounds good. All right. Be back in a little bit. All right, we are back, and we are going to talk about Teen Wolf, the sensation from 2011 to 2017. Um, pretty much the same plot, except in, involving lacrosse instead of basketball, which I didn't realize lacrosse was so popular they could usurp basketball 
Well, the whole thing, I'm sure, was that they didn't want to do another football movie, so they needed a different sport. Yeah, true. Or another basketball movie. Yeah, I mean, they just wanted to do some kind of sports that hadn't really been done before. I want to see a werewolf cricket movie. I bet he'd be too confused by the rules that they wouldn't watch the show. Well, it's not like we know lacrosse. True. Yeah, but they describe it at one point in one of the episodes. They explain what it is. Anyway, never mind. I can tell you I did not get that far into this show. Yeah, me either. It was only like the second or third episode. It wasn't the second. <laughs> I got through the first two. So. All right. Uh, I watched a bunch of this. Um, so this is starring... Okay, first off, plot line, just like ba- uh, Back to the Future, just like Teen Wolf, <laughs> uh, 1980s version. Uh, Tyler Posey plays Scott McCall, which I thought he was Parker Posey's brother, but then I realized I was wrong. It's an entirely different Posey clan, which sounds oh. weird. Um Please, Scott. Well, there's pocketfuls of them, you know. How do I turn you off? <laughs> going to make you watch Teen Wolf 2 now. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Posey plays Scott McCall. Scott McCall in this one gets bit by a werewolf instead of getting it handed down from his father. It's and not genetic. Yeah. It's not genetic. Uh, and then the big race to, to discover who the wolf is, who was the girl that got killed, will he or will he not play in the lacrosse game on Friday? Saturday. And Saturday. And I thought it was Friday. Anyway. It was, it was Saturday. All right. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not a teen wolf. Kind of sewer. I know, right? <laughs> I was going to say autist, but that's okay. We'll go with kind of sewer. How dare you? Oh, I'll dare. He has helped along by his friend Styles, who now has a last name, Stalinsky, uh, on this whole thing. And That sounds like a tongue twister. Styles Stalinsky? Yeah. Say that like six times real fast. No. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me type it in the show notes real quick. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes on in this town about who is the alpha wolf, who is the person that bit's got all this drama and teen longing, and how the hell do teenagers just wander into morgues in a hospital? Well, I'm, morgues aren't exactly guarded. So yeah, I was going to say, probably pretty much the same way I do. <laughs> All right. So like I, I so I so want to walk into a morgue sometime and ask them if they take walk-ins. <laughs> Do you guys have like a slot or something? Hey, can I just lay down right here and just wait? <laughs> All right. So you want to speed up the process? Go right ahead. Tyler Posey plays Scott McCall in all 100 episodes of this show. Uh, he is also 2019. He is playing Michael in the TV movie of The Lost Boys. Okay, seems fine. I can see that. Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, I'm. This looks like a. I'm looking at the castles right now, and it looks like made by MTV. But that's all right. Live with that. Just my favorite vampire movie of all time. Not hurt or crying at all. Holland Roden as Lydia Martin. Dylan O'Brien as Stylus Delinsky, who does not go to the Wailing Wall because of the same reason that the previous Styles does, because he keeps getting recognized and mobbed. Lyndon Ashby as Sheriff Noah Stilinski. Wait, was it the Wall of China or was it was it the Wailing Wall? No, it was the it was the Jewish one. I thought it was oh, the Great Wall of yeah. China. Yeah, not the no, Great Wall. No, I said uh, Great Wall of China in my uh, follow-up joke. Good catch. Right. Yeah. That's what. Okay. I right, gotcha. See, I was like, that makes no sense, guys. What the hell? Um, uh, Lyndon Ashby as Sheriff Noah Stilinski. J.R. Bourne as Chris Argent. Melissa Ponzo as Melissa McCall. 
Tyler Holchen as Derek Hale, <laughs> Shelly Hennig as Mo- Malia Tate, and my favorite name of all, Dylan Sprayberry. <laughs> Not something you want to eat. As Liam Dunbar. And that's I think, as far. I, dated, I, think, I think I dated his daughter. <laughs> that's what I just said, Pat David. Oh, uh, <laughs> funny stuff. It's yes. All right. So I like R. the take R. on this that it's not a comedy. You know, this is I like this is in that whole genre of oh wait of the um, supernatural thriller soap opera type of thing. I'm really digging that. But first trivia. Dylan O'Brien's character in Teen Wolf was unconscious for most of the episode Lunar Eclipse in order for him to finish filming The Maze Runner. He gets better. Okay. I haven't seen The Maze Runner either. Yeah, it's it's a movie. Uh, many of the supposed wolf howls heard during the show are actually recordings of gorillas. Okay. That's That, I think, is the best, most trivia out of here. Um, it takes four and a half hours to get Tyler Posey into full werewolf makeup. And according to Jeff Davis, Lost Boys, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Spider-Man were influences on creating the series. Strangely, Teen Wolf is not, <laughs> is not one of them. <laughs> like, I'm like, there's something real specific missing from that list, sir. Wait, four hours for that makeup? Right, that's what I'm thinking. Well, maybe they just have to boot up the computer and it takes a long time. <laughs> I don't know. That's Space Quest? I don't know. I couldn't think of boot up music, so, so I made it my own. Wolfbane is poisonous to humans. The effects seen on the show is fictional. <laughs> In case you were wondering, inhaling and ingesting Wolfsbane could kill a human. I don't know if that's true. It was in the trivia, and I don't know enough about Wolfsbane to counter it. Yeah. I have to change my Christmas list. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Holland Roden revealed my, in the. My Wolfsbane cookies are for. I'm just going to have to throw them out. <laughs> Why don't they put a warning on the Wolfsbane packet at the grocery store? Do not inhale or eat. <laughs> uh, Holland Roden revealed in the 2015 Paley Fest panel. What's Paley Fest? Never mind. Don't want to know. I'm there every year. <laughs> that the banshee. Yes. <laughs> a banshee screams in the show are fake. Really? They didn't record real banshees. I uh, th- well, you know, you just don't get the quality in the TV what shows the like you like, used like to. That's like saying like the dragon roars in Game of Thrones are fake. What? Don't go down that alley. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, but here he's, wait, it gets better. Roden explained that the screams in season two were real, but for the rest of the seasons, she staged screams and the crew have a lot of her screams banked into the productions. Roden also revealed that most of the actors who portray werewolves have stopped growling in their scenes. Tyler Posey and Shelley Hannings are method actors. Ooh, and still growl. But Tyler Hochhen just kind of hisses. Oh my god, that paragraph was just painful. <laughs> All right. First is first viewing for any of us? No. Yes. 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 So Josh, you watched this? What what I mean, what what's your what's your take? I watched as... a couple episodes on my own out of curiosity, but uh I I've got at least several students over the last two years who are big fans of it. And it's like, if it's something that multiple kids want to watch, yeah, fine. I don't care that much. Existence doesn't offend me. Okay. That's actually kind of how I felt watching this. I was like, I didn't really like hate it or anything. 
I mean, it's kind of like the the Sabrina show. I was like, you know, I I appreciate the acting and I appreciate you know the production value and everything for the most part. I don't necessarily think I'm gonna watch more of it, but I don't I don't like not understand any of the appeal. I get it. Oh, also, uh, by the way, uh, Tyler Hecklin, <laughs> he's dreamy. That's like my like if I could like have a genie like turn me into like looking like. That, that's the dude I would be like yeah that guy I want to look like him Tyler Hachan yeah that dude that dude is a manly looking dude he's a real righteous dude <laughs> <laughs> I would I would stab a puppy in the face several times oh, if it meant I could look like that what I mean wouldn't you anyway yeah but I'm just saying if, if it would it, you know it wouldn't just be recreational then God, what the hell is going on tonight <laughs> what is going on puppy stabbing apparently so, you know, if there's a genie out there that's in the puppy stabbing, come, come, you know, if you happen to be listening. I mean, we haven't seen the new Aladdin yet, so maybe. Wouldn't it be great if I just never said another word for the rest of the show? Like, I just disappeared. We can only dream. What are we going to oh. do without the talent? <laughs> oh, fuck you, Mike. <laughs> without the talent, we're nothing. Like <laughs> so, what's, what's your take on this whole supernatural soap opera thing? I mean, there's the there's a bunch of these. There's like the originals. It's all vampires. There's, I mean, when you when you go on this for IMDb, witches. yeah, there's the witches one. There's, I mean, just a ton of these type of shows. What I mean, what do you guys think about them? Is it trend? There's, there's a way to do it right, and there's a way to do it wrong. And I felt like this walked a very razor thin line between the two worlds because. I don't know what they were thinking, but it seemed like every scene had to be punctuated with an indie band that nobody's heard of or a, a popular band that I've never heard of. Now you know how we feel with you, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it was literally every scene they cut to another, you know, 30 second clip of this band and then they barely used any other soundtrack. And, it, you know, it's fine every once in a while to, to you know, put the period on the sentence. But when it's every single scene, it starts a new song. It's like really yeah well i will tell you this that if you watch it with the subtitles on it'll tell you who's singing which is kind of interesting. so there's that we, do there's, we want to know that though eh, not really i mean every every single time the song came out I'm like oh okay this is another band i've never heard of heard of maybe like you know hey every time you open a box of cereal it'll tell you the guy that made it yeah but i don't care yeah I mean, to be fair, I mean, it's like, oh, newsflash, bunch of 40-year-old guys don't me- like something that was made for 15-year-old girls. Oh, stop it. I've already said I didn't dislike it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there don't, don't yeah, that. My I'm point an old is, man bitching about stuff card. I'm no, just... my point is this wasn't made for us. No, no, I'm not, say- I'm not even saying that it wasn't made for us, but I agree with Joel that the use of the music in this one was kind of janky. It was overly done, because there are things about it that, that were good, and I mean, you know, I think Sabrina did it better, but... You know, it's not that I disliked it. I think Styles in this film was the best part of the show, mm-hmm. and I think mm-hmm. he was miles above the original in terms of of being a more likable character and a more realistic portrayal and, of that. And type. not being a one dimension, a one dimensional yeah. walking punchline. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually kept watching the show because of him. I I got to about show six just for just for time's sake. And I will say that Styles in this one, like the one scene where he climbs in uh, into Scott's window and the mom shows up with the baseball bat. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was a, a nice little exchange. What have you? Why are you crawling in through windows? I always come in this way. When did you start playing baseball? 
You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was he was funny, and he was. Kind, I want to say, I, I will tell you this: in the beginning, I was expecting him to turn into like an evil Ed. Like I was expecting Styles to become the foil. Oh. Because he was like, oh, man, we, we got to fix this. You're a werewolf. And he's looking up cures and looking up all that stuff. And I was expecting within the first, like, two, three episodes that Styles eventually would not accept the fact that Scott was turning into a werewolf and be the one that kept trying to kill him because he had turned into a monster. I hope they keep him as his friend. I mean, they go through a lot of different things with other werewolves and other... Like handthrope people. Is there a were skunk? Please tell me there's a were skunk. I don't there remember were skunk, but there's like a big thing with like a were snake, and there are like these were chimera that are like combinations of animals. Wow. But is there a warehouse? Yeah, he's not very effective in combat though. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, all, it's all it's all men, so that they don't reproduce. What men's warehouse? Oh my uh, god. That uh-huh. was that was. <sighs> Good night, everybody. We're done. Oh, that, <laughs> that was bad, and you should feel bad. Just you're you gonna like the way you look. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kind of recovered on that one a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, not much. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, I I actually was kind of getting into it because I our we will watch Supernatural and we will watch some of the other. Like I'm a big fan of Buffy and all that, but. I did get into this. One thing that kind of drew me out in the scenes, the CGI in this is awful. Well, it's definitely CGI for a TV budget. Yes. The but I mean like the when you first see the alpha climbing up the wall and it looks like stop motion. I'm trying to think about that scene. Like when the when the um when the when sister, the inhaler pops out of his hand. No, no, no. When the when the his uh the hunter's sister shows up. And she's like firing at him. Anyway, CGI sucks. And uh, but they, they do a lot of stuff too that looks like it's supposed to be made for 3D. And I'm like, is this is this in 3D in some kind of capacity somewhere? Like the inhaler scene, like you know, look like it was made, or, or you know, and the crossbow scene, they all look like they were made for 3D. My inhaler is in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how Celine. many video stores were still around in 2011? By the way, how many what video stores? I mean, I know that family video still exists here and it's, you know, still going strong in a lot of places. But when they go to the video store to rent, uh, what was it? The notebook didn't get that far in. That was like episode five, maybe might've missed it. I was making dinner. <laughs> you don't remember that, Pat? Oh, wait, I only know. got to episode right. two. So. Yeah. There's a scene where they, the, the one, the, the kid that's the, the bad kid, the bad dude and his girlfriend go to rent a movie and they they go to an actual physical video store. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's it. And this one also has that weird big town, little town vibe to it. True. Um, it's and maybe a, that's why. Yeah. It's a little town when it needs to be, you know, when, Oh, everybody knows everybody else. It's a little town. That information is going to get around. But then when they're driving around town and it looks like, you know, the size of like Aurora or Rockford, I mean, it's not a huge city, but it's pretty damn big. It's not like this little bitty town. Where everybody shows up for the lacrosse game. <laughs> That's big business there, man. Must be a richie town. That's a richie sport. Has to be. I did like seeing Gabriel from The Walking Dead as the vet, although this was before Walking Dead for him. Oh, the of, of course he works in a animal shelter. 
that I thought right. was kind of cheesy. That he that he works for a, a vet. Oh yeah. Um, and in episode six, where he says, Styles says, "Be a werewolf, not a teen wolf." And I was like, "Really? <laughs> really? Not a swear wolf? <laughs> right? Don't be a swear wolf." I don't know. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I found myself constantly going, "Okay, this is getting a little too far into the uh, teen dramedy." Then, well, from, from what from what Josh says about how you know more more were creatures keep coming up, I I think it's probably going to start getting more like True Blood, where everybody suddenly is some kind of magical creature, and then it just starts ramping up the soap opera crap. And I mean. Like halfway through season two of True Blood was when I was like, yep, I'm done. I mean, there is a little bit of like True Blood slash Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but for teens in 2018. I mean, that's that is kind of what the show is. Yeah, but no, I, can, I can see that. And it's de- I mean, it, it's it's definitely doing what it's set out to be. I mean, there's, there's, I, I, I don't wish it any ill. Like I said, I don't dislike it. I mean, it, it's just I'm not the target audience. Right, yeah, it's, it's Dawson's Creek with werewolves, and I sure. might watch. I might watch a couple more just to see if it really hooks me. But I don't. I don't think it will. But I don't. You know, I don't dislike it. Well, I, and some of the episodes end on kind of a cliffhanger, so I found myself going, "Okay, well, I want to watch at least three episodes for the show." And then it, it ended on a cliffhanger. I'm like, "Okay, well, now I got to watch the next one to see where they end up." And then I'm like, "Okay, well, might as well watch another one." And it ended on a cliffhanger, so that's how I ended up at six episodes, is because they would end it in a way that I'm like, I can't stop here. I've got to at least know what happened, but do you have my No, no, I've had my film now, but you know, they use some of the same basic template of the original film. You know, they had the, 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 the big game where he, you know, used his powers and, uh, they had the party scene. Um, and you know, some of the characters have the same first name, but not the same last name. So he never, you know, he never actually slept with the, rival's girlfriend or at least not by the second episode he hadn't with the the psycho redhead yeah because in the in the first movie he did oh that's right that we never even addressed how nuts she was true and she wanted a little bestiality yeah she's a self-hating bestiality lady basically i i got nowhere to take that (laughs) it's probably for the best out to the park likely (laughs) wow so as much as I'd love to say we have more to talk about with this show. Do we? Yeah, I mean, I'd it kind of a do we, though? I think, I mean, it's not quite time for thumbs down, but spoiler alert, I think both of these shows were a letdown. I thought I was going to like mo- both of them more. I didn't know that Teen Wolf was going to be, like, the drama type. You didn't think it was going to, oh, the, the I TV I just thought show? it was going to be, like, an, a, a comedy type remake. I didn't, I didn't realize it was, like, a serial show. I thought it was, like, a one- season type thing you know that oh oh like a mini series yeah kind of yeah i, can I mean see that. in some ways the existing teen wolf is bigger than the old one and i knew what i was getting into with it yeah i mean i i knew what it was i'd seen enough things about it that i i was familiar with it but i didn't know what to expect and after again after sabrina um i had you know some decent hopes that maybe it would be in riverdale even you know Mm-hmm. Where you I take was, a property that didn't seem to kind of translate, and it translated really well. I see. That's the thing. It's like I did think of Riverdale when I was watching this, and I remember saying almost reverse of what you're saying, Joel. Like they they had they had the uh, rights to this, and they could have done a Riverdale to it, but it just didn't seem like they had enough. I mean, Archie has tons and tons of characters. 
Teen Wolf was made in 20 days. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, one film and one follow-up film, sort of. Yeah, it's not like there's a whole like tr- treasure trove of of uh, <laughs> of info that they could bring that from, but you know they didn't. They didn't, I think they just didn't start with great source material. Well, they didn't mind from the cartoon. That was a problem. Oh, totally. If they hadn't mind from the cartoon, I mean, that would that would have been a, probably still going. I watched the cartoon as a kid. I think I may have checked it out. I don't really remember much about it. Yeah. I know I didn't watch a bunch of episodes if I did. Well, it'd be kind of weird with a 40-year-old man watching the cartoons. <laughs> Wait, Wait I watch cartoons. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so you want to do the thumbs up, thumbs down? Yeah, I think it's about the time. May yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's start with Josh, because I think that's going to be the most positive ones we get out of here. I mean, yeah, I'm not enthusiastic about either of these, to be honest, but they're going to be both thumbs up. And yeah, I'm going to go the same way. I really don't like, I don't want to say they're they're thumbs down. So I guess, I guess I got to go with thumbs up. I mean, thumbs sideways, maybe, but I mean, if I had to commit, I'd go with a thumbs up. Joel. I mean, I seem to remember the original film more fondly than I ended up being. For sure. And the show was not as good as I was hoping, but it wasn't garbage. So it's thumbs up, but it's a, I don't really need to see either one again sort of thing. Yeah. Mine was thumbs up for thumbs up for nostalgia's sake for the original. Like, yeah, I remember this. This is, this was a lot of fun. This is and cool. it's Michael J. Fox, you know, come on. Yeah. I mean, it's Michael J. Fox. You gotta, you gotta. Even when he's phoning it, it in, he's still good. Yeah. Um, He's no Jason Bateman, but no. no How no. tiny did he look in the, that basketball uniform? <laughs> he was a small dude. Um, five. Well, no, back then he was small, and he still is. <laughs> so, uh, and for the new one, I I give it a thumbs up. I mean, it's part of this whole supernatural soap opera for the teens type of thing, and it is better than some of the other ones that I've seen out there. You know, they're they're giving it a darn good try, and they mm-hmm. had. They had some good uh, plot lines that they're pulling out with it, with the with the alphas and Josh's with the you know, the chimeras and all that. It's you know I give them thumbs up, thumbs up, but it's like I won't watch those again unless I'm in a situation that forces me to. Yeah. So that's fair. <clears throat> all right. So what do we have on tap for next week, gentlemen? Uh, we're gonna sweep the leg, Johnny. What? Get him a body bag. You can't do that. That's illegal. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> If do right, can no defend. Yes, next week we are uh, doing the Karate Kid versus the TV show Cobra Kai, which is I am stupid excited to watch this show. I've been wanting to watch it. I've kind of been putting it off, and I'm glad. The Blu-ray has been sitting on my counter for months, waiting for us to do this show. So I'm looking forward to it. That's fantastic. And everybody I know that watches it is like, dude, why are you not watching Cobra Kai? So if you have your thoughts on Cobra Kai or Teen Wolf, either version, let us know. Give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And like I said before, iTunes, Blueberry Stitcher, we're on Spotify. We're all over the place. Leave us a review on Podchaser and on iTunes. And again, give us a call, 708-669-9727, just like you said. <laughs> we got to change the order of this stuff in the show notes. I just keep going. I always <laughs> say it the second time. I know. <laughs> We've done hundreds of shows. <laughs> oh, that's when we, great. When we reach 600 shows, we got to change the order of that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I can't oh. believe I said that out loud. All right. So, uh, yeah. Come back now next week so for some uh, wax on, wax off. And uh, thanks for listening. 
So you could stay, but you could also go. If I stay. Oh, nice. That was perfect. 